0: Here we are, March 8th,
1: 2023. It's the 8th.
0: Dan's Den, coming in again. Matt Morocco's in the house. So I don't know, I I came into this one a little cold, not having anything written down, but I know that um, you had some stuff. We were talking about some psychedelics and more like medical research last time, and I know you said you had a couple things that were kind of supporting some of these effects.
1: Yeah, yeah, cool. That'd be a good place to start. Um, So yeah, part of... uh we discussed, I don't think it was last podcast, might have been our first episode or first or second episode, where uh, one of the things I personally would want to bring to the table, you know, when we come here is kind of tackling those alternative medicines, those new things that are gaining in popularity, um, because I think the pendulum, again, the pendulum swung too far where now there's a lot of snake oils mixed in with yeah. that and the, you know it's
0: all alternative meds it's, right? now yes yeah. and if it,
1: you just put it under that category we should accept it and like nope it's time to push back on what's going on there too again just with the purpose of getting to the truth and finding those things yeah so i think
0: some of that is like you know just a quick aside like our, i think mm-hmm. we've probably become less trusting of structures like pharmaceutical companies and you know mm-hmm. we've kind of seen that in the last few years with politics and shit like that like mm-hmm. kind of check out and then a lot of us are kind of losing trust and even pharmaceutical companies which you know they, they have their place where this isn't again an anti-medicine thing but it's like you said the pendulum's either all medication or you know pharmaceuticals or you're screwed type thing yeah and or then, you're
1: a hippie you're a shaman yeah
0: <laughs> and some people have been mixing both so we do like these compliment like what do they call it complementary alternative medicine so stuff Uh that's supposed Uh to be used with it yeah um sometimes they say like hey these effects can be just as beneficial as meds but um an example like breathing exercises most of the literature says that these are like safe and effective on their own but the best results are with other pharmaceuticals like it's not a better treatment on its own compared Mm -hmm. to these things but Mm -hmm. it's low cost you no equipment you can do it anywhere so it's Another another kind of example like that. Yeah,
1: and I mean, and just with that, like you said, you know, the, you like it there in the middle, and that's normally where, like they always say, the truth lies. You know, a little comment, a nuance of both somewhere in the middle. So, yeah, and you know, probably two main objectives is get finding that truth, just to, to clarify. You know, on, and we want to find different topics. You know, micro dosing is an interesting one that came up and initially hit. The um, you know media we heard it through media outlets and coming through Silicon Valley and there's all these benefits and then there's even some trials and then I heard some pushback and if I ask anybody whenever I talk to somebody about microdosing they'll speak to me as if it's matter of fact and it's already written in the stones of science that it has X Y and Z benefits and that's not the case so for this purpose. It's not something that I think if people are doing, it's harmful, but they should know, you know, what, if anything, they are doing, you know. Um, and then the the second thing that I think is going to be important for us, just because of this medium, this forum that we have, is to find those things that are not only snake oils, but could be potentially harmful.
0: Definitely. Yeah, because like it's not just the get your hands on these medic medications or you know alternative meds and then good luck like mm-hmm. there, there's protocols there's supposed to be certain ways mm-hmm. to do this many of them include therapy along with that yeah but then yeah it's you can't say that it's hard science when research is like just opened up again mm-hmm. because especially with lsd like that got shut down in like, what like 1970
1: 71. 60s, 70s yeah both Oh, was it in the seventies? It was whenever or it came about in the sixties, and then it got shut
0: down. Yeah, so it sounds about right. Nixon, right? Like yeah. uh, huh. the beginning of like all the stuff thrown on Schedule One, and mm-hmm. you know, all that. That's a whole another story. But mm-hmm. we, we couldn't have had the research, you know, officially documented for the last fifty years. So mm-hmm. within the last five or so, different states doing MDMA, LSD, stuff like that. So we are getting more bundles of of literature, but it's still different populations different settings so it's not a clear cut for everybody type thing right so yeah you said you you jotted down a couple couple good studies or just even
1: so yeah so i mean to go and to actually i know i'm anxious to jump into that but to 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 play along with what you were just saying you know we want to try i personally and i'm sure dan you're with this want to try to avoid i don't want it to be an opinion piece you know what I mean like if I personally happen to like this particular thing that we may be discussing in this little segment that we may or may not be adding um, I want to keep my bias out and just try to be objective so it's kind of frustrating could be frustrating for some viewers because at the end of it there's no do this or do that yeah it's gonna be here's information processes as you will
0: no that, and that's exactly how it should be you know we're gonna throw I our own opinions so. in but it's the same thing yeah. with exercise science or different meditations Is never like a everybody needs to do this um, there's so many different factors that go into it but it's at least worth talking about like what some of the evidence says and then you know we'll sprinkle in our experiences but yeah no, by no means this isn't like any kind of medical advice or recommendations nope. like we know better than that this yeah. is just a Kind of explore. I'm not a
1: practicing doctor. I am not under any <laughs> yeah physician's license.
0: And by the time this stuff gets published, we'll have to have some kind of um, you know, I'll have a disclaimer online just to make that all clear. Anything like South Park has at yeah. the, the beginning. Use that one. Yeah, it <laughs> shouldn't be viewed by anyone ever yeah. anywhere.
1: <laughs> so, all right. So we know the topic to start um, was going to be the microdosing for today. We already kind of set up the premise. You know, why why did we pick this? It's because it gained popularity, seemingly came out of the, and again, it's not the popularity of using psychedelics, specifically microdosing, which normally I believe is somewhere below 5% of the dose of a recreational amount. Yeah, that sounds like
0: in line with what I've heard for like 5 or 10% of your Mm -hmm. average dose is kind of like the threshold.
1: Right. Um, And the benefits, the reason why people are claiming, they're claiming they've gotten clarity, you know, cognitive clarity, cognitive function, memory. So it's gotten to the point now where I'm getting curious of is there any benefits. Another thing that made me really question this specific one. Uh, micro dosing is just my awareness, my knowledge of the tolerance of this specific substance where it has a very, the body, the human body creates to either substance, whether we're talking psilocybin or an LSD, um, it creates a tolerance to it very very quickly and it's a very high tolerance. It's literally a next day tolerance and the tolerance lasts, could last for days, weeks, months depending on how much was consumed so just under that notion it would stand to reason that if even if it's a micro dose on day one your tolerance is going to make day, dose two you know null and void but again uh, uh, the tolerance is referring to the mood altering effects
0: and the, 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 the standard dose right
1: in a standard dose yeah. correct um so just because there's the tolerance there just because you don't hallucinate and see things does that mean that it's not still at play you know the chemical is not still affecting the body in some way it it doesn't mean that so so there you know the tolerance i've talked myself out of that as that being kind of like oh let's stop the conversation right here yeah and And we we could
0: definitely find like more specific stuff about that, that has to have been studied you know like there's stuff out there and i'm gonna i'm gonna Dig in for next time to, to talk about that there because we we're adding on to our previous ones with better research and more specific stuff here. And that's an excellent point, too, because, you know, everybody's, we, we know generally, like you said, the tolerance thing is going to be real, but that's going to change on people's physiology and like their experience with that stuff, too.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm going to, wait, I, I oh, remember that you said that because you're going to see that brought up in a couple of these studies. The, the experience thing? The experience thing and. Uh, we'll see. Well, when we get into it, so basically, like the health of the individual is being studied. You know, oh yeah, it's got to be. There's so many factors.
0: That makes sense.
1: So we'll start. Let's start with studies that supported it. We started hearing in the media these studies. Some studies were done and Silicon Valley was getting hippie-ish and you know, promoting this. Whatever It, was, it became a, a big thing and it was prior to 2020, probably around 2019, maybe started here in 2018. So this first study um, was done in 2019. This is called Systematic Study of Microdosing Psychedelics. It contained 98 micro doses. As they like to term it, not participants, not yeah. <laughs> clients, or whatever. Microdoses, MDs, <laughs> the there true MDs. <laughs> All right. So, ninety-eight microdoses. Right. They were asked questions for a period of six weeks on uh, categories including mindfulness, creativity, focus, happiness, and productivity. Now, again, note there at that point, empirical evidence is not being measured. They're being asked. Questions in regards yeah. to those various
0: topics. It was like self-report outcomes.
1: Yes, and for a little bit of perspective, uh, six weeks. I don't, I'm not sure. I don't. That's not a very long study. Obviously, we're talking about a month and a half. Ninety-eight participants. Small sample size. Small amount of time. All right. Yeah. It doesn't mean there's nothing there. I don't say that as oh, I'll negate this immediately, but just a, it should be should notice that should yeah. be one of the first and that's why i listed you know how many people are in this how long did it go on for
0: definitely yeah usually they have sections at the end of some of these papers talking about limitations and every paper is supposed to identify their own limitations like that six weeks is not like crazy short but alternatively like it starts costing them more and more money to mm-hmm. keep these follow-on studies so mm-hmm. that's kind of the trade-off six weeks isn't too bad though
1: right 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 um it's right you're not talking about a couple of days So unfortunately, in terms of my research, and for the sake of our listeners, we're going to work on a way to gain that access directly to studies. Another thing a lot of people might not know, to get to to view and read the actual published study is is almost 100% behind a paywall. Usually behind the paywall of the publisher. Whatever publisher published it, you'll have to pay them to then view it. So the reason why I'm explaining that is because this study was behind a paywall. So I wasn't able to dig in deeper to what were these questions that were asked, how frequently, you know, get in more. Unfortunately, I couldn't pull up that. What I was able to get is that the findings of this specific study was that on days when they microdose, so it wasn't a consistent, so they would microdose, not dose, microdose, you know, maybe for a day, two days um, Did this
0: one distinguish between psilocybin and LSD or like they...
1: This one this one was just psilocybin. Micro? This one was psilocybin. The next two I'm going to discuss, I believe it says it. I, I have to check. I think they're both LSD. I'm not positive. So yes, again, on days when they microdosed, those scores, when they were asked about their mindfulness, creativity, focus, happiness, and productivity, they scored higher in almost all the categories. Okay. Keep in again, keep in mind the structure of it is that the person is told right when here, here is your dose, did this make you feel better? According to all ninety eight participants, almost all ninety eight participants, I couldn't get the percentage, again, paywall. Um, but they scored higher in all categories. That was said in what was recapped that I was able to access. So that's something.
0: No, that's definitely something, man. And um a lot of times too, like they'll they'll Kind of distinguish, hey, we measure people pre, pre-treatment, um, three weeks in, sometimes six weeks out or something. You know, again, they won't talk about the details of that stuff in the summary, but it's like um, compared to what? Like baseline is what we assume. So they, they kind of fill out the same questionnaire, get the treatment, kind of go through the six-week protocol, and then typically follow up at the end with the same thing and see how the scores improved. Um so it sounds like they didn't have any kind of control group, right? So like we know like some of the limitations there where mm-hmm. they might just give somebody a placebo or what they might call like a sham treatment, so mm-hmm. a sugar pill, that, that old thing and then kind of see if there's a difference, but again that adds to more cost and kind of this is a great example of just like let's just see if if this particular population improves rather than trying to I mean sometimes they even do three groups like yeah. control treatment and then like nothing at all uh-huh. so it's like i don't know that that makes a study more robust but we can't access that
1: yeah and it, it, you're right it does and but part of the problem this had none of that and when you read the headline in the new york times that says new study shows that the silicon valley geeks are correct and microdosing is hip and cool and it also has these effects check out this no 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 mention of the study exactly what was done what was failing what was lacking in the study you know i, I i'm victim I, i'm passionate about this cuz i'm victim to it all the time you know i'm becoming so much not that i'm a, almost too much a skeptic you know too skeptical of everything which I don't know if that's a good or bad thing yeah you should
0: be especially like stuff like this isn't just like something that should just be taken on a whim type thing For, for listeners too like there's a ton of free stuff available through if you search PubMed you'll find a ton of available studies on there even through that site a lot of times you'll only get the abstract or like the summary of it which is definitely better than nothing but that's a little bit more kind of direct source rather than, like you're talking about, it's very common for different newspapers, magazines, blogs to quote a study, not reference it, and then it turns into more of an editorial, and they exactly. can kind of make these claims, which sure, we all know that um, there, there's a business in that stuff where, you know, you want to take some new hot topic and, and kind of drop the latest thing on it. But Clickbait.
1: <laughs> yeah, and it's
0: very hard, especially when we're talking about medical stuff and, and people's health and wellness. It's not about being hijacked by getting you know clicks and views and stuff because so like you said many of us don't know that hey just because somebody said science says that hey that was just an interpretation of it and then even the person who read that study wrote the article doesn't have access to the full study too so it's very kind of gets murky but it's definitely better than just taking a a whim and just seeing like what google does
1: now i did want to correct something so the one that was behind a paywall, I wasn't able to access what the title was, what exactly the title was. It was just referenced to as a study and put in the footnotes and the title that they, it, the way it, it just wasn't clear exactly what the title was and who the authors was. It was like an abbreviation of their name. So it was left out. So what I had originally said, a systematic study of microdosing psychedelics is a different study that I'm going to get into now. And this is... Goes along. So this one was kind of neutral. This this study was a little bit neutral. Well, initially, let me explain. I'll, I'll get into the study and then we'll, we'll summarize. So this one was held, done by or facilitated by Vince Polito and Richard Stevenson. Um, they sampled 263 both naive and experienced micro doses. So they took. You know, within that two sixty three, some of them had no ideas, knew nothing about it. Some of them were experienced. Now, the naive believed large and wide ranging be, be, uh, benefits. That was their belief because all they were going on is what they heard and these media, you know, these articles that we're mentioning. Because this is a later study from yeah. the one mentioned previously, um, and the uh, the microdoses. They believed in limited outcomes because they had used it. You know, they knew the effects. So they believed, like, oh, what, if I take a point two of a gram? Like, no, I'm not going to feel any. You know, it's right. very limited. They're comparing it, the psychedelic effects, basically. Okay. Now, what they observed, so the effects that were believed most likely to change were were not were unrelated to the observed outcomes. So for the naive, what they thought was going to happen did not happen. Okay. Um, through the finding, what the end result of the study was was that dose-controlled empirical research on impacts of uh, microdosing on mental health is needed. That was literally the finding. No yay or nay. They said, we need we need to stop asking these people questions, and we need some empirical evidence. That was literally how they finished it, which I thought was beautiful, and like, yeah. kudos to them.
0: Now, that's huge, man, and, and that's a, a, a big part of many studies, is that it's not one way or the other, and too often, or often enough, we'll see authors and the creators of these studies be so caught up in their hypothesis that we'll figure out how to flip the data to make it one way or the other, rather than just saying, like, sometimes we can't find a difference which is great because it definitely adds to the body of, of literature. And that's exactly what it's supposed to be, that um, you know, rather than I'm only going to seek out studies that matter, that we got to have some that go both ways and some that show, hey, this wasn't set up tight enough to actually determine any differences. And same thing, when we start talking about the psychological outcomes, most of the time the best thing we have are these self-report outcomes. So it's not going to be anything where, you know, we're, we're not using fMRIs of the brain in this. This is really like mood and, and things yes. like that. So, yes. You know, we take that with a, a grain of salt. Have to. Or a grain of LSD, but right. that would be the, <laughs> the micro version. So.
1: <laughs> a microgram of LSD. Oh, I'm going to use. No, I can't use that in public. Take it with a microgram. Start using that at work. Like, whoops. <laughs> yeah. You <laughs> could probably even just say
0: it at. Uh, I'll just take it with a microgram and just leave it and just <laughs> yes. see there who catches got. on.
1: Now, this next study. Is my favorite. This one took place last year, nice. very recent. One of the most recent, written by Harriet Dewitt, Hannah Mola, Anaya Brashad, Mike Bremmer, and Royce Lee. Well done, guys. Good team.
0: Nice. So, Did any of these um uh, refer to like what what publication? I know you said Nature was one of them.
1: Nature's yes. Yeah, so Nature, I don't know where these. So I was reading through, I was utilizing Nature to get me, utilizing their sources to get me to the source material. Oh, yeah. So that would be
0: good. People can type in some of these authors' last name, Nature. Yes. And they'll probably. D.
1: Wit should get you to this easy. D. E. And then Wit W-I-T is the last name. Um, The title of this is Repeated Low Doses of LSD in Healthy Adults, a Placebo-Controlled Dose Response Study.
0: Nice. Yeah. That yeah. that sounds even a little bit more thorough than the last ones.
1: I love their I love how they have those New York bestseller titles like to really like draw you in and capture your yeah, imagination. <laughs> and and
0: sometimes do like the scientific literature is so like dry because it has to be like they're not using colorful language. It's very drawn down and even yep. like the the title itself is going to tell you sometimes what le- the results were. Yeah. It'll say like LSD benefits this population. Yeah. The, the temporal lobe means time and they called it that because old men get gray hair and St- on, on the side first and we lose all our hair, but this is the only thing that remains over time So that's the temporal lobe and oh, it's just that's a good one some of them is just like it's so simple like sure We'll stick with that But other times it's like, you know, if you have 19 syllables in there like let's make this a little bit more streamlined nice. you know, that's just a whole nother thing. I'm I'm that glad that I'm glad that they're not updating anatomy every year because sure I have a hard enough time trying to recall all the shit. I need to know just anyway try. so that that last one was like pretty much coming up as as neutral in the sense of like
1: So that was the previous one. Yeah, the previous one was did what the one before it didn't do and was like we need more we need more evidence. Yeah. Because they took that extra step, they could see the difference in the group. If the group was naive or if the group was experienced, it affected their response of what they experience
0: that's that's a great one even with like the substances aside just the fact that that needs to be taken into consideration with this stuff your experience like that's that's why that's an important study so it's not going to say like hey do this don't do that yes but like hey pay attention to your experience level
1: yes that was a good one that was good it was an honest one they didn't have an agenda that's what you get sometimes with these early things where right now there's not a company behind LSD or psilocybin. So the studies are more honest because they're actually, there's no bias. They're not performing the study. It's not funded by, you know, some company that needs the results to lean this way. This stuff isn't there yet. So you're getting these really awesome, honest studies, right. um, like this next one. So the next one, this next one was a favorite of mine, is the one I mentioned was a favorite of mine, because it was, as far as, again, these are just the ones I discovered. There's plenty, I'm not saying these are all of them, there's, I'm sure there's other studies outside of what I was able to study, I was able to pick up, but these are just examples to cover the pros, the median, and the cons, you know. And examples of each of those categories. Yeah, we
0: could spend all night going through, like, all just right. the first one of the fir- like, the right. first three letters of the alphabet. Like, right. last names of authors or something. Right.
1: So, what's great is, you know, as we do this, you know, and people are listening and they're looking at this and maybe there's, maybe there's a study that, you know, one of our listeners knows, throw it in the comments, you know, we'll keep an eye on it. Put it there so that, you know, if it adds to the conversation, we'll come back to it and, we'll you know, we'll expand on this conversation next time.
0: Yeah, that's definitely what it's about, man. That's something that we keep in our lives, too, is just trying to be open to new stuff Mm because, shit, man, I'll I'll hold on to bad patterns or or anything like that just because it's familiar and comfortable. We got to let that go with new medical stuff because this is coming out every week so it's like mm-hmm. you know update and that's what science is like science knows that hey we're just waiting to be disproven this yep. is as far as we know here's what you would have to do to prove this wrong that's yes. that's the scientific method so yeah it
1: goes against all human intuition of it's oh it's at its best when it's constantly being disproven hell yeah and no human likes to hear that no you're wrong um, and then, oh, no, you're wrong. Right. Up, it's yeah. on and on and on. Being
0: wrong should be celebrated in the sense of, oh, oh now I have better information. And, yes. you know, that's not saying everybody's got to uproot their whole lifestyle, but, yes. you know, we have to have some flexibility for this stuff.
1: Yep. And where is that done? I mean, I guess outside the scientific community or outside of just relationships where people strive to be that way, it's not It's not a common thing. But again, because it goes against our, our kind of our design, yeah, our exactly. wiring. We still got a lot of that lizard and ape shit. Yeah, that back shit is, there. <laughs> it
0: is not natural to. Just give up our, our ways, man. And Yeah. I mean, there's countless examples of that. But uh-huh. back to this stuff. What are they talking about? All right.
1: So this one, reason why I'm excited, as far as I know, one of the first two times double-blind, sorry, the double-blind double, double blind controlled study. So there was 56 participants. Their ages range from 18 to 35. Um, so it was various, there was three different groups, and they were given LSD. So LSD was the, the substance that was used. Uh, they were given the dose about three to four days apart. Okay, um, so the first group was given 13 micrograms. So that's a fraction. Yeah, that's
0: like a tenth, maybe. I think like 100, 125 is like your average little square. Yeah. So that that's about. Uh, yep, yeah. So
1: 13 micrograms, one group. Second group was given double that, 26 micrograms. So exactly double. Last group, third group, obviously with a double blind, given placebo. Now, they were asked, so they were asked, hour, it was an hourly mood quiz for first five hours after each dose. That's a good one. Right, okay. Then, this is what I liked about it, it they didn't leave it at that. Then, this is the important part, because it went outside of the subjective into empirical evidence, they completed cognitive and behavioral tests um, after first and final doses. Okay, so after the very first one, What was their baseline after the last one? So, after they microdosed, you know, through or or they thought they microdosed, you know, they were then given another cognitive test at the end to see where they lied. Now, findings of this study there was no significant difference between groups. So, when asked what they thought they took, the percentage was horrible, I guess. They got you know if they thought they were microdosing, they were wrong. If they thought they were fine, they were in the group. the The numbers were so scattered that the only pattern that was seen was that these people are obviously guessing and have no idea. Yeah, and um. there was no nothing with the, the findings at the end. I didn't miss how long this study was for. This wasn't just a one day thing. It, it could have been a single session, though. No, because the the. The doses where they were given one dose and then later on in the study when they were given the final dose, and they were and it says I did notate that they were given so they took it three to four days apart. All right. So they dosed, took the quiz, they let the tolerance go away. That must be what the three four days apart was. Let it kind of wash off, or even let them think it's washing off. You know what I mean? Whatever it was, I think that was pretty smart. I think it might have been for the tolerance purposes to see if anything was happening. So that was the findings of that. This was just last year. V- I mean, it was my favorite study because it was well done, but the results—believe me—very disheartening.
0: Yeah, and um, even though the those two smaller doses, they're both like kind of technically micro doses. So you think that they would do like the thirteen microgram then maybe a uh, hundred. And then a placebo or something well, like that. Well, what they're s- yeah, studying they is
1: just that. microdosing. Yeah. So adding that as a control doesn't do... All it does is, like, how much higher or how less high is this guy on 13 milligrams? It doesn't help with, you know, cognitive function. Sure. But yeah, yeah. But the, I, get, I get why yeah. you think
0: that. That's probably a whole different study out there for that one. Yes. Yes. But that stuff's good, though, because even with, um, you know, they're, they're going to... Sometimes they'll even um switch participants. So the control group will later on get the dose or, uh-huh. like, a different one, too, just to kind of rule out the physiological part of it and, and kind of try to limit that down. Mm-hmm. But, some, you know, that, that turns out to be, you know, months long because, like you said, they have to have a washout period. They do all that stuff all the time.
1: Yep. Now, something that I try to include, and you do often when you're able to access the actual study, you won't see this in the editorial. This one I was able to access the original, just like the last one. and what they normally do is they'll pose what they think might have affected their results or yeah. given them the results that they didn't expect that was you know, when against their initial hypothesis. So for this one, um, very simply, it could be wrong dose wrong dose wrong person. So what if in the what if it happens that in the first group, they're given 13 micrograms, the majority in that first group just so happen to be male. And maybe males, you know, with higher, on average, higher muscle content, you know, maybe need a larger dose to, to experience the effect, you know, whatever yeah. it might be. Uh. uh so wrong, per- wrong dose, wrong person. There's that. Li- that's that little piece there that's opened up that this. This is from the people who did the study saying, not me, them saying, like, maybe we missed this. This is how we could have went wrong. Yeah, I love exactly. when they add
0: No, that. they have to do that because most studies, they want to have duplication of it. So yes. they have to not only put exactly the methods and all of that part, but all of the confounding factors. They have to list, like, hey, we didn't control for their diet or you know um, what they were doing in that five-hour thing or something. Like It sounds like they did kind of you know, they gave them that hourly test, this mm-hmm. and that, but then they didn't say what else they were doing with somebody outside and, you know, a little courtyard getting some air and sun where they just trapped in, you know, a, a doctor's office the, all of those things are kind of parts that they need to at least note so that they can either duplicate that or let's do the same study, change the setting. And, you know, for listeners that aren't aware too, the, a lot of times when we talk about double blind, that means that the participants or the micro themselves don't know what they're getting. Yes. And also the administrators of the drug don't know which one they're giving them. Because sometimes if the clinician knows that I'm giving somebody the actual treatment rather than the dose, that also affects the results. So the double blind is a pretty good standard. That way nobody knows what they're getting. And it's just kind of counts that stuff out. Of hey, yeah. this could have influenced how that person reacted.
1: Yeah. Now this next one. So in regards to utilizing the double blind, here's I don't I don't know if you've ever heard of this, Dan. Did you ever hear of a self blinding study? I've never heard of that. Probably not. So this was another one that was behind a paywall. So I I pieced together as much information as I could through someone else's summary of the original study. So it's not as detailed as, let's say, the last one. I was able to put, it was about 191 people. Author was Balazes Zaghetti And it was called Self-Blinding Citizen Science to Explore Psychedelic Microdosing. So I'm assuming this, this gained some popularity because it had high hopes. Um, and because there was, was so many people involved. But I don't like the structure of this study at all tell me what you think. I didn't even know they could do this. This is going to explain, as I explain how, what it was done, you'll understand what self-blinding means. Um, so let me wrap this up. This last study here. So he was trying to skirt legality. So he had the people bring their own dosage. And if they brought capsules, they had to bring their own placebo. Wow, dude! Bring your own dose, right? Byod something. <laughs> <laughs> That's new. Imagine I want to go with some byo. No, I don't want to go byod studies. I want to go with the ones where they have it. But anyways, yeah,
0: you give me the two hundred. Yeah, micrograms. you pay me. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm not they did at least make sure that like they were good. That like okay, yes, these two things look identical. And again, they just used the simple method that they often use: envelopes coded. Only the doctors knew. Participants didn't know what was what. The end findings suggested, again, that it was a placebo. So that was in the summary. Again, I don't have the specific, like, why did they find that? What did did they happen to get that, you know, in this study that made them see, I don't have it for this specific study. I just have that end, the summary of the end results. Um, But what I liked about this, something that this study, the guy who ran it actually brings to the table... Something that Zaghetti brings up, and it might apply even to the the previous study. It might explain why they saw no effects. He said, and this is what I was mentioning to at the very beginning was going to tie in, you know, about people's health and stuff like that, like that factor. What if the people studied were too healthy? Because we're talking about the microdosing having effects on depression anxiety. What if the sample sizes, we're only talking 200 plus each none of them were over what 250 or whatever it was. Um, and so in Z- he admits a said in his test there was no more than 25% of people that verbalized experiencing in the past mild baseline depression. And those so people, that's, that's they huge. didn't report changes. Yeah. They didn't report changes, but they only ever reported mild you know again keep in mind nothing changed on their cognitive tests behavioral test so there's other factors that were studied this wasn't the only thing that was studied it, it, this wasn't a study of depression it was a study of microdosing and if it if, if it increase if there's any benefits whatsoever right. you know so that was another study that unfortunately at least for the time being you know didn't come up with anything but Yeah,
0: well, no, that's still good stuff, though, because just to reestablish, like we we have some experience with this stuff. So that could lead to listeners or even other people we communicate with that, you know, we're, we're just for this stuff all the time. And what we've had great benefits ourselves, but we definitely acknowledge this isn't something that's universal and that should be for everybody. And hopefully... You know, just the fact that we're we're revisiting this, digging up some scientific literature and research mm-hmm. shows that like, hey, we we want to be like as open as unbiased as possible. I I think that it's very beneficial, but I know that that's not going to be across the board. I find that sometimes, probably because what you alluded to earlier about the kind of just maybe collective readiness that people want to jump into this. Mm-hmm. That look, this this depends on not only your current medications, but other lifestyle factors giving that environment they're maybe not necessarily set up for your macro dose to really get you know the 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 kind of blast of some of this stuff that can you know maybe be beneficial but then alternatively how do we know that we're going to be able to incorporate different lifestyle settings with this that we would notice a benefit from psilocybin microdosing it's not just take the meds and then see what happens I started dialing it back of like, yo, we got to talk about lifestyle changes. And again, not saying like you need to do certain things, but let's, let's talk about what is, what is your sleep, nutrition, and exercise? That That's kind of the three tripods, the pillars that's holding everything else up. And I mean, most would say most research now is talking about like sleep is the foundation. Everything else is going to decline if our sleep isn't good enough.
1: Yeah. And that shows like, that shows this like failure, in terms of what, you know, sources are, or media sources are reporting and how they're expressing what's going on because it's being misconstrued. You know, you read a headline, oh, there's benefits of microdosing. Next day you got someone jumping off their Prozac and dropping tabs every morning with their coffee. Like, no, no, it's not. <laughs> and, yeah. and, and they're not completely wrong from drawing these large conclusions because the headlines are written in a way to, to, to sell that point, this yeah. huge point, so that you click on it. That's
0: that shock value, right?
1: Exactly. exactly.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, that's important, but then I also recognize, like, this isn't just gonna magically fix it if, if your sleep is shit, if you're, you know, stressed out all day long, worrying about, you know, w- whatever we have piled up, like, this doesn't necessarily make that go away. So we started talking about, what well, what's um, some just breathing techniques? What's some experience with meditation? we know that it's very difficult to just start talking about somebody's sleep or fitness routine without having an understanding that we're not coming from a place of you should be doing this it's more of like an inquiry of like let's establish where you're at first because along with these micro doses if we can get a little bit of aerobic exercise or like mix in some yoga or something with that these are great things to start along with that because that's not going anywhere we don't this is the challenge: is that like we don't get to skip out on that. This isn't yeah. something where, down the road, we're gonna be able to take a pill that gives us muscle mass and tension and tendons. Stress. Yeah, it's what we called
1: the metaverse. Yeah, I know. You dude. can be anybody. You can be He-Man. You can be, you can be Arnold.
0: I don't know. We'll we'll wrap this one up because I want to get more into like a bullshit one, but just to finish off with like the science part of it. I remember in one of my, um, undergrad classes, it was like, uh, physiology kind of psychology combined. The instructor asked something basic, like, just asked us, like, what's what's the brain for? And, like, we all start kind of shouting out all these different things, like, you know, just, like, thinking, uh, emotion, whatever came to mind. And she said something as simple as, like, brain is just made for movement. And we were kind of like, there's got to be more to it than that. But then in one way or another, it's movement of, of chemicals, of electricity, mm. and then our physical body after that um because you think about it man like like you just said like we there we could imagine a scenario where our brain is just in a vat and you know matrix style like there's this whole other thing that is just using the energy from the brain out into a plug or something Mm -hmm. like that Mm -hmm. but then you know here we are now where you hear like our brain's made for movement and then like when we put that in light of like evolutionary psychology or biology it's like Well, it seems like this whole process has been working towards getting the brain able to move from danger towards food, towards other brains, essentially, you know, (laughs) and it's just like, we still don't know what the goddamn function or point is, but...
1: Towards those pretty ladies. (laughs) Yeah, I know, just to reproduce, and then,
0: so they can do the same thing. So I don't know, it was just fascinating, because like that, she she just dropped that on us, and we were all just kind of like... Movement and then by the end of the thing we get it because like That's what it seems like. Yeah, and it was just a good little aside for that, but that's cool Yeah, so we're gonna wrap up our little uh review here about some of these psychedelics So, you know, we're we're still not sure what order these these episodes are coming out in But Mm -hmm. we're gonna try to make sure that this comes out um, Around the same time that our previous discussion was because you know We start talking about it just off the cuff in our interest knowing that there's science behind it And now we had a couple researches um, I should say, a couple uh, literature papers here. So I'm glad that you are able to find that stuff, man. I appreciate the, the homework and kind of coming in with that stuff ready. You had the notes. We kind of knew exactly where we are going with this. So I think that's a, a really good addition for some of our listeners here.
1: Of course, brother. I know you take this serious, so I'm only going to bring seriousness to, your, to your, your place here. So thank you for having me. And uh, look forward to doing it again, my friend.
0: Hell yeah, man. We're going to uh, keep this going we